podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 35 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, where this week we're going to be looking back at disappointing results against Manchester City and Liverpool. Curtis Jones, nice, Origi. Jones, We're going to be discussing our centre midfield and in particular, Wilton Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson, he's got it on his right foot and that finishes it brilliantly. I'm going to look ahead to the visit of Brighton to Goodison Park. Bernard, Sigurdsson again. Into the box for Richarlison, what a goal that is. We're all sitting here rather deflated after what's been a real poor showing at Anfield. And I think it's, it's best to start there as opposed to looking back at City because that's that's raw and it's something which, which I think we need to sort of pick the bones over and, and see exactly what went wrong. Yeah, it's not a word that you use lightly, but I think the only word that comes to mind is in, uh, embarrassing or embarrassment. I think, I think the word for me is across both games, but in particular this one today, just fear, absolute mm. fear. I think the longer that game went on nil-nil, you could see the players just literally shrinking. And that was my only fear itself today, actually, the fact that when they're putting a team out, and Matt, Matt, you said it when we spoke before that, before the kickoff, Everton are kind of in a lose-lose situation here. Because if they win, they win comfortably. It's like, yeah, well, we've got our kids out. And if they actually lose, as they ended up doing, and it's a total embarrassment. And then that, in the end, transpired to being on the pitch, didn't it, second half? Second half, especially. Well, that's it. It's not so much the result, is it? It's, it's the way we lost, that we were just so limp and lifeless and poor. But we just looked like, um, I guess, like a shadow of the previous four or five games, really. But let's 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 go back, though, to, to that first half. I mean, obviously, we saw the side, and like you said, Lee, we, you know, we, we were in a lose-lose situation. If we win the game, then we should be winning the game. I think with the bookies, mm. we were made favourites before kickoff. Um, and then if we, if we lose the game, as we have, then it, we come out being absolutely embarrassed by by a bunch of kids. That first half, winning nil nil, but some of the chances that we had to to go, maybe even two or three nil up in that first half, should have been put away, shouldn't he? Simple as that. You've, you've got to take your chances. You've got to take your chances. I mean, you score, you know, you take one of those, a whole gate there, absolute sitter. Richarlison's got to put that away. You know, they're two absolute guilt chances. Even Calvin Lewin's one that came to on a rebound. You know, put it in the corner, Sam. You know what I mean? Put it, he's, in, he's in form. You know, one of the, like I said, if they score early, I think we'd go on and genuinely win that, probably 2 or 3 nil, 2 or 3 1 or something like that. Because then the fear goes out the window then when you're in the lead. Because then you know that well, they've got to score two to win this. And I just felt. I don't know. It, it, it just, it's just so. It's symptomatic of the team, isn't it? Because if you, loads of people digging out Marco Silva before he left us, but this, this team now, a lot of, the, a lot of that squad now have failed really essentially the last three or four managers. Mm. And there's no one you can't blame Carlo now. He's just come in. He can see it with his own eyes. He's not stupid. He called it after the City game, saying a lot of them played with fear in that game. So you can't blame the manager now. So that, you know, fans are rightly now looking at them, pointing their fingers at the players. And you know, we'll go on to discuss that in the next next section but I mean a lot of those players today it's a mentality thing for me it's a massive mentality and some players will look at that and go we've got a real chance to put this hoodie to bed here today right well, let's go and smash these two or three now let's have them and there'll be some of them there going oh we better not lose this today we'll, we, we better not lose we can't lose and they'll play with fear and, yeah. I, and, that's, what, and that's exactly what there happened. was no positive aggression at all was there no you know, not, not that I'm looking for bookings and red cards but you know how many strong tackles did you see how many you know Assertive attempts did you see it trying to win the second ball to take you know retain possession? I just thought we were so lifeless. It's it's one of those things. I mean, I think we, we discussed mentality of, of Everton quite a few times over the, the last few months and whether it's sort of ingrained in, in the culture of the club. And obviously, you bring in a winner in Ancelotti, and like you said, Lee, you know, he's been there a couple of weeks, you can't be saying, well, you should be saying things around just like that. It's the same, the same players, isn't it? Who a number of managers have had. 
and the, the you know when it comes to that kind of game, whether it be City, whether it be Liverpool or, or whatever, you, you just don't seem to to uproot any kind of season. And like you said, Pete, you, you want to see that intensity. You want you want to see uh, a 50-50 tackle. You yeah. want to see someone put the foot in, and you know, not, not one person did that at all. It was you know little niggly things, and you just think it's a it's a derby. The, the derbies nowadays compared to what they were even say 10 years ago they're totally different events they're almost non-events in a way mm. in terms of that aren't they and that's what you should love about the derby was those 50-50s those, those tackles that may be a little bit over the top but that's what derbies are all about not one player on that pitch today for me has come out of that with any kind of acknowledgements for, for doing a half decent job you had certain players who were okay first half Walker had a good first half um, Calvert-Lewin looked, looked okay I thought we played some nice football in the first half. Well, look how we got in. Early on, it looked like Calvert-Lewin was getting a lot of joy against those two centre-halves. Yeah. He, he was splitting them well, he was making the ball maybe not stick so much, but he was winning it. And we were saying that because Ancelotti had gone with sort of a three, a front three rather than two, it, that was maybe difficult. Walcott came over and then we had a bit more success. It looked promising, but then it just seemed to drop off after half-time. It did. And, I mean, Ancelotti said in his, in his uh, post-match there, about he, he, he thought second half, that you know, fears kept in almost, and, and we and the intensity just dropped because mm. uh, it was it was a good you know for, for the neutral. I'm sure they enjoyed that first half where you know with events to end they didn't really have a great chance. And one where Pickford made a great save, by the way, which would have been given offside. I'm sure if, if it went to VAR, he's made made a great save. Uh, the other cross that came in that um, the new kid for them missed misjudged the other one out for a goal kick. We look at the ones that we've missed. You know, Holgate said how's he how's he missed that? You know, um, Calvert Lewin. Chance that they had, um, and you just think Charleston from the pullback. You just think, put one of those in, mm. put one of those in. And the first half was okay. I know obviously it was nil nil, but they've gone in at nil nil. Liverpool, luckily, and Klopp would have been there giving the kids all you know, all the, the high fives and all that, talking them all up. And they've come out with all this, all this confidence, you know. And, and they, we've just crumbled um, uh, massively, as, as, as Lee said, the more the game went on, the more that fear creeps in. And that's exactly what happened. And essentially, to to coin a you know a better phrase, we bottled it yeah. again. You know, and it's, that's, it's 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 more like it's the fear of losing, isn't it? And that's the worst mentality you can have in sport. The fear of losing. you've got sometimes in, in, in well not just in sport, but any walk, like you've got to go and grab something. If you want it, you got to go and grab it. You can't just let it come to you. You know what I mean? And and it's it, it just like the, the young lad at the back there. What's his name? Phillips, Nathaniel Phillips. Mm. He obviously he's been getting decent reviews over in Stuttgart. He's come over. He's he's, he's played today, and obviously we get, like you said, Mike. There, Calvert-Lewin gave him a bit of a bit of trouble initially. Stood on him. We looked like he looked like he was a bit all over the place, and we we were causing them problems on the back of that. But then we we didn't ask them any questions in the second half. No, it was the same. It's the same in City. Look what you City the, the, the players they invested. The makeshift back three that we didn't even give them, we didn't even question that at all. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and the only positive I can come out of this for me is if Ancelotti now can see it, he can see it. He's had, we've had the positive reaction like from, from Ferguson coming in, he's followed that up with a couple of decent wins. We've come up against you know, obviously two decent sides, albeit obviously you know, rested today, and now he's seen the real issues that Everton have got mm. for me today. He's now seen that and he's got to be looking at it going right pretty much. He'll know himself in his own head, right? You, 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 and you are going. I bet in his own head, he'll be making mental notes there, saying like these, like these lads aren't staying. I mean, Schneiderlin's come in today. I know he's been out and he's been out injured, but you know, one 0 down, I was saying to you, going, How, why are we not having a go here? What's going on? We've already lost the midfield battle to a bunch of kids. Why are we not having a go here? Mm-hmm. And I was Delf and him and Delf and Schneiderlin and before that, Sigurdsson, they were just literally about fifty yards from the attack. They're just sitting in front of the back four. And what are you doing there? But you know not, I mean? not only that, allowing Liverpool to just play in front of them. Exactly, yeah, just not, not, not putting a foot. You can yeah, understand because they're both def- defensive focused players, right? But I mean, not that I'm blaming Schneiderlin for the goal, but do, do you see him rolling about on the yeah, floor yeah, 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 before yeah. that ball goes in? I know. And I think, I think that's the problem. Again, if you're going to be a defensive focused player in that team, show intensity, win tackles. You know, make clever fouls. Yeah, but he just looked. You know, we didn't lay a glove on them. You know, at one 0 they were taking the mick at one point. There was a bit where, um, obviously, um, Oxlade Chamberlain I think had a shot going off. But before that, there were little little crook, little croys and little lays going on. You thinking, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Well, someone just take one of these out here just to break up. Yeah, make it unpleasant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we're just watching them. We're just standing off them. But at, at, how many yeah. times, especially first half, did Sigurdsson 
jump into a tackle, totally missed time. And they were away then, and then once we've seen this too many times, where our centre mid, if they commit to attack, and he's nowhere near it, nowhere near the man, nowhere near the ball, not going to get there. Mm-hmm. And a couple of, and once they do that, Liverpool have got, got acres to run yeah. into it. It happens, it happens, it happened at City a couple of times. It happened obviously against Liverpool, and like you say, I keep keep on going back to the point about throwing a tackle in, but just throw a tackle in, just someone throw a tackle in, and take them, take them out of within the laws of the game. Put a hard tackle in, you know. You think Delph would do that though, he's got that in him, but yeah. I, I have to admit, I've been underwhelmed by him. I know he's missed a lot of games of injury and things like that. But I, did, I did call he's neat, he's neat, he's neat, <laughs> yeah, you did to be fair. He, he, he's neat, he's tidy, he likes a little Cruyff now and then, he loves a crossfield ball, but like when he is fit and he's playing, he just basically does, does simple things on the pitch. Just mm-hmm. give it me, yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go square yeah. to the full back, get it back, I'll try a 40 yard raking pass, knock it out of play. And you're just thinking, like, what, what are you adding here? We bought you essentially because we were lacking leadership. You know, you've obviously uh, naturally. What's he showed? Arguably, we well, we bought him for cover, didn't we? You yeah. know, Gomez and Gavain were, were meant to be that that central pairing. Well, our midfield's decimated. We know that we've got. You know, we, you know, it is completely decimated. We're down to bare bones. But you still should be good enough to be able to control the game in that way. There. I mean, Sigurdsson is an Icelandic international. He's played in World Cups. He's played, you know, top tier football for a long time now. We all know he's technically gifted. You know, he, he, he can show that occasionally. But when the, when the going gets tough, he just doesn't want to know, does he? He, he just doesn't want to know. The amount of times he arrives to a, to a press or to a tackle four or five seconds too late and then throws his hands up in the air going, oh, you know, someone put a tweet out the other day, he does that little skip when he misses the ball out. Yeah. And he does. He yeah. does it so many times. He kind of like, oh, he was there, you should have put that pass out. Mate, that should have been you. You should be flying in there and putting a tackle in. You know, and even if you miss time, you you know you take the foul and then you, you crack on. But it's just symptomatic. I mean, as I said, Ancelotti's got to look at that now and go, you know what? Whether we bring in the likes of Hamez or whether we bring in other players, you know, I know a lot of people have backlashed Hamez because obviously he's not been the same player for years. But we just need someone with quality to get their foot on it there and just keep it. I mean, Gomez has been a massive loss because he's that guy that does keep the ball. Um, but I just thought we lacked a real bridge between midfield and attack especially second half today I mean I said to you Mike Gareth Barry amount of times you were a centre back Gareth Barry was in the team and you'd want someone to show for it he would show for it every single time and get the ball but he'd, he'd always do something useful with the ball well, so as well. even if you had someone on him he'd back himself technically mm-hmm. you know even if it's someone's right up his backside he'll back himself technically either to lay it off first time or do a little shimmy and get the you know you basically keep the ball and then bridge bridge the gap between midfield and but midfield and defence. How many times up today, and that's a kind of player that we, we, we need in that position, but how many times did we insist on going short yeah. from the keeper and it goes to the holdings? But it's okay. It's okay doing that because the best teams do it, don't they? And I was I was quite happy when Ferguson came in and he started just letting Pickford take goal kicks and just going like go wrong. Well, that's it. Not once not, did we play out. We weren't we were past the ball to our centre halves in the box. We were saying, okay, let's go wrong. And when we won nil down, why aren't we just going to go? Why aren't we just going along? And we didn't. We started. We were doing this. Me and Addy, dead slow. Goes to Holgate. Goes to Sadivi. We go backwards again. Yeah. Goes to Nukadine. Comes into the middle. That's how they scored the goal. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. messing around. Goes back to Pickford. A poor kick out for Pickford. Picked up a midfield. Out, out wide to Origi. Into the kid who scored. Back to Origi. Back to the kid who scored. Bang. That, you know, yeah, and Klopp, Klopp knew that. You could tell. I reckon. Yeah, well, they were Klopp, Klopp knew that. No, Klopp knew that. I think if you look at second half, they controlled that game because he, he he knew that. He goes, look, let's these lads technically at the back aren't good enough to keep it. The midfielders aren't good enough to keep it. So pressure them there and make them go long. And we, in the end, we did resort in the end to long punts. Hopeful. I mean, me at the end, yeah, he hit two or three like all the way out to the keeper, didn't he? Under pressure. Well, this is this, yeah, is, this is the really frustrating thing is that we were terrible. Mm. We were we put in a terrible performance in a game, you know, that should be high intensity and should be all about the badge, should be all about the club, and there should be eleven players on the pitch that know what that game means and knows what a win, you know, a win means, and they all put in, uh, you know, lifeless, limp, weak performances. Well, Martin Keogh said on the on commentary, you, you wonder how much this is hurting the Everton players. So we're one 0 mm. down to. A lot of young kids, yet there was a few senior professionals in the Liverpool side, but a lot of young kids who were literally passing the ball around just making us look stupid. Yeah. And how much is it hurting our players? Because you, you do wonder, I mean, at the end of the game, apparently we said he went over to the away fans to sort of apologise, if you like. Everyone else was like, I'm 
and I, I hate that. I, I hate it because as much as you know, there's no yeah, one more. Half the balls are standing. Yeah, yeah. There's no one more frustrated than, than the fans. You know, the eight thousand fans behind the goal who, who have paid mad money again. You know, to get in there, support the team, and he, 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 one player goes over. And to be fair, I thought he was poor today. Said he has a lot of them. Where I said to you, Pete, that night, I think he's be, hasn't been good, especially first half. Um, he's got a couple of good game. balls in the knee again. the end of the first half. Yeah, but more, more, I'd say second half he was a little bit better, but it wasn't his best game. But how many of them? I'd, as I say, come out of it with any kind of credibility. Luka Dean was poor. I've been poor for, for many months for me. He's, 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 he's nowhere near the level last year. He's probably he? been the most disappo- disappointing player for me this season. I know obviously a, a certain players haven't performed, um, but when you go from being Everton's player this season quite comfortably last season to the level this season, it's something something's not right. I mean, you've mentioned before you know, whether you, whether you wonder whether his head's been turned by certain teams and maybe going to a team who's in the Champions League because of how, how well he played. I don't know, but there's something not right. He's not playing particularly well. Um, his body language to me doesn't look like he wants to be there. I've said that a few weeks ago. I said that I'm not criticising him as a player. I think technically he's brilliant. I think he had a really good season last season. But you saw at the end there where he miscontrolled it and he was just like, his hands are up in the air again, almost like a salt face going as if, like, why am I doing, what am I doing playing with these lots mm-hmm. of attitude? As if he thinks, like, I'm better than him. Why am I in a kind of, you know... A poor team playing this type of footy type thing. That's what he looks like to me. I might be wrong, but that, I mean that's just looking at it and trying to read his body language because he was on a different planet last season. He was one of the best left backs, not just in the league in Europe last season, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? And he's a French international. You know, he's getting a game regular for France as well. You know what I mean? So you know he's, he's a player with pedigree. But for me, there you look at Sigurdsson and, and the position and the, the way he played, and obviously they, you know, some of their kids played really well today. You know, they, they actually, you know. The lad that scored the goal was, was, was very good. But why are we not playing Anthony Gordon there? I, I would rather Anthony Gordon play in that game ahead of Sigurdsson. I genuinely would. I would rather him play in that midfield ahead of Sigurdsson. He could hold his own against some of those kids. But you could argue, you could argue why, why wasn't Tom Davis in the side? Yeah. Someone yeah. who's obviously yeah. Everton fan, grows up in the city, Leighton Baines, another one. You could you could argue, well, let's get a little bit of local interest within the side. Liverpool had, had, had some of it. Obviously, the lad who scored, Curtis yeah. Jones, was in it. Um, why aren't we putting players like that in, in our side? And he, he must have seen, right? He must have seen what we see. That Sigurdsson in the last few last, last few weeks, months even, when the going's got tough, he just doesn't want to know. Mm. He just doesn't show for the ball. He just does not show for the ball in midfield there. And if you're a midfielder, you've got to show for the ball. We had the best chance in the first half, but they had over 60% possession. They had over 60% mm. possession of the ball. Do you know what I mean? We should be dominating that game with those players in midfield there, shouldn't we? Well, we, we've, asked, I mean? we've asked people as we do. Um, on a weekly basis on Twitter for, for their reactions to the game and their input and people are saying why aren't we bringing three players like Keegan Dow to line up our midfield now not so, maybe he's not the greatest example Keegan Dow but maybe Anthony Gordon is one that we've mm-hmm. met because Keegan Dow I think has potentially found his level he moved again to, to Wigan this week from, from Derby County on, on loan um, people you know someone else there Kos Rock and saying midfield was uh, a holograms Um John John J. Soundwave saying that Klopp psyched out our players basically um, and a lot of people were saying that as we said already that it's uh, we, we literally bottled it which yeah. is something which we see we see too often um, I mean Tom Tom Fleming makes a good point though which it, he says he thinks it highlights to Carlo Ancelotti how hard it is going to be to turn things around make no mistake Ancelotti hasn't come in thinking oh yeah you know a few saying sessions with this I'll, I'll turn this side round and we, we'll be you know right up the table we'll be you know getting through uh, the FA Cup round by round and he's not daft he's been around for many many years he's, he's a top top manager so he knows the limitations he's not going to come out to the media and say well I think he's poor he's poor he's poor you know we're short mm-hmm. there he's not going to do that um, so he knows he's got a job on his hands and you know he's, he's he probably hasn't probably hasn't seen this before or for many for many years so it'll be interesting to see what he can actually do with the side. But I think the disappointing factor, besides getting beat by a lot of Liverpool's Liverpool's kids, is how it affects the side now mentally going forward. Because this the season now is affected. Well, it's not not over. But we're not in any, any cup competitions. Out to Leicester recently in, in the League Cup, beaten by Liverpool, obviously today. So we're fighting now to to get a. Which European places now? Isn't it? Well, it's that's a half-decent half half yeah, half position and that's something which Ancelotti has now got to try and deal with. I mean, maybe a couple of, of incomers in January might, might do the job. 
judging by, I mean, we're going about to announce record losses uh, for last yeah. season. So I'm sure our hands are going to be tied when it comes to bringing in new players. It might be the odd loan, as we've said already. Um, but it, it will have opened his eyes, like you said as well, Liam, Ancelotti, and he's seen now from certain players who've come into the side, Snyder, if that's his, his first look at him, whether they're really up to the standard he wants, and, and certain players aren't. And it's hard to offload players that aren't playing well. Yeah. You know. I mean, <coughs> Tosin's on the verge of Palace today, isn't he? Is yeah, right? on loan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wasn't was not on the bench. on the bench today. I don't think I saw him. I don't think I saw. I saw uh, Schenk list. There's certain players that need to get off the books, definitely. Don't there's they? a lot. There's I mean, a lot of Schneider's players. Schneider's been one of them as well. By the way, he's on hundred grand a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, Schenk Tosin today. Yeah, he, so he that tells you all you need to know. He, he'll be gone. So that's that's a decent wage off the books, to be honest with you. Um, Snyder's one who, who have heard that they're, they're quite happy to, to let go, but that might come down to whether we can replace him. Also, will come down to when Gomez and Gabbana come back. But they, you know, as much as Gabbana could be back in this month's trade, you're talking March before we see yeah. either of them. Again. You know, it shows it really highlights, doesn't it? Recently, I know we've got injuries, but it really highlights how much we miss Idrissa Gaynor. Oh yeah, Beautiful. you know the hole that he's left in that midfield. You know, not. His energy, his ability to get about the pitch, because we've just got no pace. As well as him actually not actually putting tackles in, we've just got no pace in that midfield whatsoever. He would cover every blade of grass every game, wouldn't he? He'd run at least 12, 13 corners every game, that lad. And I just think he just, he just, we just, you know, we've just not replaced. I know Gabamin came in, he got injured straight away, but it's just, it's just, this season, just one thing after another, uh, another um, and that was just the lowest. Of the low today, wasn't it? Losing to essentially a bunch of kids. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it just gets worse. But I mean, I wanted to mention the city game. Obviously, cause we, we've we've not spoken since then. I mean, what was your thoughts on that? Because obviously, they rested probably four or five of their yeah, first yeah, team in that game, didn't they? They had Aguero, David Silva, Bernardo, and Sterling on the bench. Yeah. So that tells you a lot. Um, I thought we started the game quite well. The first ten, we had that common chance. Um, city could have easily been one or two up at our time winning nil nil and you, you were fairly satisfied with that um, I don't we just didn't lay a glove on him did we? we didn't carry effect we didn't keep the ball well I didn't think I think 2-1 I think could be flattered us a little bit it was nice to go to get a goal and then put under a little bit of pressure for like the last 10 or 15 minutes um, but I thought like Antelotti you said you just play with a fear I, I understand in a way because if you overcommit they're just going to rip you apart it doesn't matter what personnel they've got, that was very similar to Liverpool. The players that they bring through, and those fringe players know that system, they know the style of play, they've got the ability to play these little one-switch passes and create space, and that's because they've been there for a number of years. And, they, and, and players have ingrained both. that system. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought we struggled against the back three. I thought Guardiola mm. played a bit of a tactical blinder because Sidibe and Dean couldn't get high up the pitch. They were, they were basically doubled up against every time yeah. they got onto the ball and they had to go back inside and it completely nullified our threat really because we were looking to get high up the pitch and get those crosses in that had served us so well in the past. So totally agree with that. I think you know Sidibe, every time he got it in a crossing position, if you look at a lot of his crosses have come not from the byline but like almost like deep, you know, almost the edge of the box if not further. And then every single time they'd have someone either doubled up on him or standing in that exact position where he wants to bend it. You know, I mean, just to block it going, we know you're going to try and whip it flat in that area. And you know, he didn't put, he barely put a ball in all game, and he's been our main main threat from some sort of open players in terms of in terms of crosses. But I thought City completely controlled it. Yeah, they, 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 look, they're they're a match for anyone at home, City, when they play like that. You know, and you can't you you can't get a touch of the ball. You know, the players are knackered. You're running around, you're running around chasing shadows half the time. So you can understand that. You know, as you said, Mike, two one probably did flatter us, um, but he's just like. Scores every time against us, Danny. I'd rather play against Aguero. His record's nowhere near as good, is it? You know I, mean? I said something the other day on Twitter about, uh, about him. Obviously, when he scores. His movement's so done. good, though. It his is. So, the only way to stop him is to sign him. Basically, <laughs> that's the only way to stop him. As you say, he always scores. I think he scored seven and five yeah. against Everton, which Mad. is an incredible record. He's going to go that trick. Yeah, he's yeah. along the lines of, of Origi, isn't he, in terms of his goal scoring record. But come away from, from City. Sort of disappointed that our, mental, our mentality wouldn't have been impacted. You, you go into the champions, who, whether they make one change or five, six changes, it's still a very, very good side. Um, so I didn't think that would have impacted us especially. And there were still, still positives there. You know, I said Richardson had a poor game, but, but pops up and scores a goal, which is a sign of a good player. You know, he wasn't in the game at all for me. Um, 
And when obviously you lose Bernard in the warm up, somebody should have been starting the game and have to play Tom Davis on, on the left. And obviously he's not left winger. So you came in for loads of criticism again. And you think, well, the kid's playing on the left hand side, he should be in the middle. So cut him a little bit of slack. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a free at the city game for me. After winning those two games against Burnley and Newcastle, you thought, okay, well we can go there, give it a go. Not all doom and gloom if we get beaten and then go to the derby. And that was a disappointing thing, wasn't it, today, with the fact that we, you know, we were okay against City. We didn't get battered as as bad as that might sound to some people. We didn't come away getting beat four or five nil, and that was a disappointing thing, wasn't it? It's almost as if because we we've entered the realm, realms of Anfield straight mm. away, straight away is a mental block, isn't it? And like you said, Lee, the longer the game went on, the more that that fear that fear snuck in, and that was the the real the real disappointing thing. But Ancelotti's got a real a real job on his hands going forward. Obviously, we're in the January transfer window, uh, but one of his biggest problems, I'd say, is is that midfield and and Gilfie Sigurdsson, which we're going to discuss next. It's something unique about Everton. The history grabs you, and once it grabs you, it never leaves you. Everton brought the cup back to Merseyside, and a victory for Everton. Disaster for Everton. I can't see where this is going to change. We've had many occasions like that where we'd let ourselves down. Ard Kendall was introduced as Everton's new manager. And I have been appointed today to bring success to Everton Football Club. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're going to discuss Everton's central midfield, or lack of, should we say. Because at the moment, as much as obviously we won. Ancelotti's first couple of games against Burnley and Newcastle, he had to address issues in in those games in regards to centre mid. But as we look at City and Liverpool as well, we seem to be struggling in that in that position, don't we, at the moment? There's there's no definitive two. He plays two in centre mid, and we we've seen obviously Guilty Sigerson is the one who's who's dropping deeper. So there's no number ten anymore, is there? No. In that in that start eleven, and Sigerson if, if we. It's not, not so much pick on him, but he's one who's, who's really standing out for all the wrong reasons. He's really struggling, isn't he, at this moment in time, and, and I struggle to see what he's offering the side. I think I've always defended him on this podcast. I've always been a fan of Sigurdsson. I think he's got so much quality. And I've always said about Sigurdsson that he gives you a lot defensively. I've always thought he puts a shift in. He's, he uh, seems on his day to like a tackle, but... I mean, you wonder whether it's because he's been asked to play a role that he doesn't like playing or he's not used to playing but he's he's looked like a shadow of uh, of himself hasn't he the past few games I, I just think the past few games I think the past few months I think um, look, I understand if players are not playing with confidence that's fine you know what I mean that happens players go through phases but <clears throat> he's nowhere near nowhere near the level he was last year I mean look at his goal output as well and his assist output last year was pretty solid I know the team struggled a lot this year, but he's nowhere near that level. Double figures for goals last year. I think it was his record in the Premier League. He scored, he scored 13 goals in the Premier League last season. So well, there you go. And he's nowhere near that, is he? So Richardson's going to get a similar... He's probably going to end up on similar numbers to last year. And Sigurdsson's going to get nowhere near it. Well, Sigurdsson, <coughs> Sigurdsson scored one league goal, which was against West Ham. And he yeah. scored one against... Uh, in the Cup. In the Cup, in yeah. the League Cup, didn't he? That, yeah. that penalty. So... His output just isn't there, is it? And like we've said, obviously now with this the new system, he, his his role as a number ten isn't there. Um, we have said at times he's someone who could drop in a bit deeper and maybe pull the strings. But you know, first half today there was times where he was trying to do that and things just weren't coming off. But like we've already said, there was times when he was just missed time and a hell of a lot in terms of his tackles and. Well, no one was a set piece, but he, he created two of those so-called you know yeah. free cast iron chances, didn't he? he? Played that lovely ball over the top, which led to the Calvert Lewin strike. Yeah, and he, he and also three kicks um, for Holgate. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but that, that's what I'm saying is that's what annoys you because then he's got that in his locker, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's got that, and since since Ancelotti's come in, you've noticed that he's been taking pretty much every set piece. It was either him or Dean a lot of the time, wasn't it? But he's pretty much been. T- so obviously he said to him, "Look, you're you're the main man. What you taking every set piece, every corner, every free kick." And, but he's got to offer more, hasn't he? He's got to offer more. Um, I mean, we've been linked with um, the Napoli kid in centre mid, haven't we, Zielinski, mm-hmm. 
who's obviously a highly rated Pol- Polish international. He's played over 150 games for Napoli. You know, someone like him is exactly what that team needs right now. Someone who's a bit aggressive but can also pass it as well. Do you is know what I mean? Is it uh, Rabio as well? Yeah, Rabio as well. You know, the young lad. He's a real talent as well. He's not really worked for him at Juve. Mm-hmm. But he's only, what, 23, 24, something like that, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? And he, again, another player who can play very very good attacking-wise, very good defensively, keeps the ball really well. He's a, he's a, you know, a bit like Gomez, but probably a bit more defensively-minded. You know, that... Imagine you know him and Gomez playing with just two two caliber players who can take the ball under pressure, yeah. get it off the defenders, you know, slide players in. That's what I think. That's what we're lacking. We, we resorted to having to go long today because our midfield is just not comfortable with the ball in the half turn. They're just not comfortable with it. They can, as soon as they get off the centre halves, they panic and they either knock it straight back to them. The centre halves then launch it, you know, in a hurried uh, hurried way. And then, it, and then that's it. You need, you need someone knew that. in that in that, mean, that position who's quite happy with the ball, the feet can you know one little movement and they and they turn the man. It takes the pressure off totally your goalkeeper and your defence straight away. Whereas we've seen today, we've seen in other games as well. We, we we knock it around and we put ourselves under pressure. It goes back to Pickford sometimes on his wrong foot. The ball gets sliced out, so he doesn't quite yeah, catch lost it. it. And that's how we how we can see the goal against Liverpool. So what is it with Sigurdsson then? Is it is it a, a player being? I guess has to do a job that he's technically not used to, and that's maybe what's led to the dip in his performances. Or is it a mentality issue? I wonder. I wonder in a way whether his legs have gone a little bit as well to be he's honest slow. he is slow he's, he's always been, been slow. quick has he he's always been slow I wonder whether that's impacting him and you know we, yeah, he's, played, he's played a lot of games and we, we've we've called for him to, to be sort of taken out at times haven't we and we, we saw a little bit obviously that West Ham game when he was taken out he came on and scored an absolute pair so he, he, he put himself back into the into the frame you know he's got that kind of thing in his locker do you think it's a little bit like playing Ozil centre mid <sighs> He's nowhere near that level, though. You know, he's got the similar players, aren't yeah. they? Similar roles. You know. Yeah, the difference with Ozil, he can take the ball under pressure and keep it. I, I think Sigurdsson at the minute, you know, if you look at when I think of Gomez when he's at his best and when he's played well for us, he gets the ball off the defenders, and you'll know, you'll know, like good players do, you'll know where the other players are, you'll know when people are on him, and you'll know when to lay it off first time and when to do a little shimmy and get a yard. And Gomez used to do that all the time. Then he switched play. He's got a bit of strength. Yeah, he's got a better physicality. Gomez, you know, he's over. He's over six foot. He's got. He he likes a little bit of a battle. He's got a little bit of eagle that we all like. He's clever, isn't he? He's and he's clever, just like Gareth Barry was there. Gareth Barry would get it, little shimmy, get a yard, and then literally spray it 30, 40 yards out to the wing or whatever. Good players in that position, because what it does not only do not only do they actually keep it and then you know progress into an attack, it breaks the press. If you if you if he is that comfortable on the ball there, can, can lose his man and then play a decent ball, a progressive ball, it breaks the press straight away. I wouldn't say Sigurdsson's always been a luxury player, but look at his career at Swansea. He always had two holding midfielders behind him and his job was really just to go out and play. So, so, he so was called every week off there, to go out and express himself. But the pressure's off. It's like and playing someone like Bournemouth. You know, I mean, the pressure's off. Eddie Howe will never get sacked in that job because they'll win some weeks and lose some weeks. They'll lose eight out of the last ten like they have done now. There's no pressure, there's no, there's no 40, 50,000, hundreds of thousand Evertonians on their case going demanding a better performance. Someone, someone, you won't made, have that. someone made a really good point, obviously. At Swansea, he was the, the big fish in the small pond, mm. whereas at Tottenham, at Everton, he's a, yeah, a small fish in a big pond, so to speak. Yeah, so, you're not accountable at those clubs, away. Yeah. If you're playing for Bournemouth and you're playing for, and, and you're playing for Swansea, no disrespect to them, but you're not getting the same scrutiny and you're not getting the same backlash from fans as you would do you would do it. I think club. you're accountable because if if you're if you're the main player, you're the one that everyone looks to to score goals, you're accountable. But the pressure at Swansea, like yeah, you said, is nowhere near Everton Tottenham. There's nowhere near so therefore you can play with a little bit more freedom. You can play, you know, what Swansea's local derby to play Cardiff, that's you know, okay, that's a reasonable derby. It's nowhere near the local Everton derby, is it? It, it, it's nowhere near so what I'm trying to say is I think Klopp knew there Klopp's not stupid he knew then that they, we haven't got players who are comfortable in receiving the ball and giving it into our attackers and feeding it there was no link there whatsoever and that's down to the midfield if you haven't got someone who can receive it with a back to goal receive it on the half turn feed it out wide or feed it into the attackers and build play from there then we're goosed we're absolutely goosed and it forces to go long we're looking for flick-ons and it's back to 1990s footy all over again isn't it it doesn't work looking for flick-ons football now doesn't really work for, for me yeah I mean if you're going to play this way especially when you sign a build from the back you've got to have a certain quality of player and when you're playing against the better sides I know Liverpool 
today, and we keep on going back to Liverpool, and that, but I'll, I'll Man City exactly the same. When you're playing those kind of sides, whether you're playing against the kids, whether you're playing against 23s, full team, whatever, they, they've got a certain way of playing built throughout because Jurgen Klopp will be saying to the 23 managers, you play this way because I want players who are going to get into fit into my system mm-hmm. when, when they're good enough. Yeah, it, time, it? it does. But, but if you watch them today, Liverpool, as much as they, they didn't execute it as the first team would have done in terms of being quite as good, they play the same way that the first team plays effectively. They put that pressure on, they make you make mistakes, and if you haven't got a player who's good enough in that middle of midfield you need, that's to get I mean. out of it, then, then, then you fall apart because of the pressure. And that's what we're lacking. I mean, look at City, right? If they've got players injured in that area, who they bring on? They've got Gundogan, who's more than comfortable enough to do the ball. They've got Rodri, who's just come in, who's more than comfortable to do that with the ball. They've got players, you know, Pep, Pep knows himself, if we're going to try and beat this press, we need players who, can, who are more than comfortable on the ball there. And, that, and we haven't got that. I know, again, it's injuries and that as well. But Gomez is the only player I can genuinely think of who I would back any day of the week with his back to goal or with you know receiving the ball in tight in tight situations. In, in that case, though, I'm not criticising the manager. I'm, I'm definitely not. I want to highlight this. I'm definitely not criticising the manager. But are you going to criticise? But, <laughs> but is there not a quite, But is there not a case to, to be answered then? Why are we trying to play out from the back if everybody's sort of in in agreement that we've not got the centre midfield? That's capable of doing that. Why would trying to play football that way? To, I think it's knowing when to do it. He's frustrated. You can see him gesticulating his arms. He did against City a lot, where we were just going back and forth. Like you said, Mike, back and forth, back, back to the keeper. Pickford then, when he does clear, is under pressure. Normally, he either goes out for a throw in because his, his distribution recently has been dreadful. Mm. Or we, he ends up, you know, overhitting, going all the way to yeah, the so, keeper. So why is information not got onto the pitch to say? Stop trying to play out from the back. Let's go direct. Let's get it into the corner. Let's try and hold it. I think, I think he wants us to play progressive footy like that, but I think he's now realizing we haven't got the players who can do it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's learning the hard way. Basically, it's very yeah. much a learning, yeah. a learning experience for him as well. And against the better sides, and obviously wanting to instill a certain way of playing, you're putting us in a real predicament there where he wants us to play a particular way. He wants us to be under that pressure against the better sides and play that particular way and, and gain confidence in doing so because if we don't do it then obviously the way he wants to play going forward will not be instilled so I understand why he is but then there needs to be a little bit of acceptance well it's going to take time to do it um, so not ideal but it's very much a case of learning on the job isn't it but there is a situation especially in that midfield where we haven't got the quality of player and and centre and centre half as well and you know and at the back I don't mm. think the quality I don't think the quality is there to 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 you know to be ball playing defenders which will need to be addressed, um, but the injuries that we've got in centre midfield are really and have really affected us and taken a toll I think on on our season I think that's been the most important part of a silver side and Ancelotti yeah. and what have you and we and we've, we're missing. Definitely our best player in Andre Gomez, our, our technically best player, and then a player who's been brought in to, to play a particular role in that system, who hasn't been seen. You know, mm. and that's 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 had a massive effect and been a massive factor in in our poor season, to be honest. When you look at someone like a Wobi, even so, Wobi is better centrally, as we all know. He's been forced to you know play out wide where he struggled uh, recently, but he, he's an, he's another guy that can receive the ball in tight tight positions. Another guy that's happy to receive it, you know, on the half turn and try and link and be progressive with it. So you know, we've we've missed him as well in in recent games because uh, he would, you know, if a will be fit today, he plays and then he probably plays in the middle ahead of probably Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson at the minute is only getting a game because we're decimated with injuries and he's only getting a game because he obviously takes, like I said, pretty much all the set pieces now. Other than that, he's added nothing to the side and you, you, you know it's. It's, it's, you don't want to get on his back too much because he's, he's the type of guy that, like Keane, I think shrinks under, under scrutiny. But at the same time, you've got to call it out when it's due, isn't it? You've got to call him out and say, look, mate, you're really way off your levels here. And we can't drop him because we've got no one else to bring in unless we bring in, like we said, Anthony Gordon or bring in someone like, you know, Davis today. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, could, I could genuinely see him going in the summer. I genuinely I think could, and, and I think we'll, get, we'll do well to get half the money for him. Yeah, well. I, I think I think you're probably are talking between fifteen and twenty mil in the current market. Obviously, you know prices are inflated and what have you. But yeah, I I think he will be gone in the summer, um, because the way that Ancelotti wants to play doesn't suit Gilfie Sigurdsson. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. You know, you might see Fabian Delph be binned off as well because for me, I said this um, when we first got him in. As much as 
I don't think he was a bad addition. His injuries always concern me, um, and it's been proven yet again that he's, he has constant injury issues. You know, you're lucky to see him two or three games on the spin, and you can't have that with with a player, especially when we've got the problems we've got with our two best centre midfielders, not on the side and not fit. Um, so there's, there's real issues there. There's real issues, and and Dell's been getting brought on against Newcastle, against Liverpool as well, because he's seeing that armoured yeah. field. They're just getting ripped apart in it down the middle, and Dell's been getting brought on to to address that. And for me, he's just not not the reason. Well, look, Superton's stats today, right? So he played for 63 minutes before he was hauled off. 72% of passes, which is awful. Really. Yeah, 70% passes for someone who's should be way better than that. Big chances created, Pete, which you were alluding to. Obviously, one was the set piece and one was the pass. So he's creating two chances. No shots, off target or on shot, on target or blocked. None. Not even an attempt on goal. Um, possession lost 11 times. Clearances, one. Block shots, none. Interceptions, two. Tackles, none. Which is poor, isn't it? Tackles, none. The most important part of the pitch is the centre. It's the centre midfield. You're playing centre mid against kids. Yeah, and you've done zero tackles in sixty-three minutes. Zero. I mean, you, that's just unacceptable, isn't it? And it's a derby game as well. I'm not saying you have to go in and snap people's legs, but you, do you know what I mean? Like you're playing against you're playing against teenagers there, and you've not made a tackle. You know what I mean? In sixty-three. No wonder you got hauled off. Well, I think most Blues would probably be in agreement that over the past five or six games, our best central midfield has probably been Mason Holgate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But he's, he's, he's but it, it's only for his legs because he gets about the pitch. Mm. You know what I mean, he actually gets and, about the pitch. And he wins the ball. Yeah, and he's he aggressive. Mm. I mean, I thought he had it probably his worst game for a while, actually, weirdly. Yeah. He even made a couple of little mistakes. He is guilty of overconfidence sometimes, Holgate, isn't he? Yeah, we've said that we asked in the past. But you're probably right there. You know, he's a guy there in midfield that if he was playing, he would get about the pitch because he's, he's pretty quick. And obviously, you know, he, he's, he's, he's comfortable, comfortable on the ball as well. I just think that those stats just say it all for me there. You know, in a game in a game where we did create a lot in the first half and didn't take the chances that we probably should have done, you know, the second half it was just like we said before, absolutely shocking. We've basically been outpassed and outfought and outplayed by essentially their second string players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why most fans are justifiably angry. And they've got every right to be annoyed, because if you pay to go and watch that today. You know, chance to put everything to bed here, shut all the stats up, and we're blowing it, aren't we? It was the same in the FA Cup. Was it the FA Cup when we played and when they had loads of injuries? It was in the semi final. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A few years ago. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Then a real opportunity and they bottled it then, didn't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it just stinks of that again. It's just like a mentality thing again. We talk about it. Is it endemic in the club? And, you know, I, I, we've, just got to, we've just got to back Carlo and hope. That he can change that whole hole in, in, in not just the next six months, but all the next three, four years. I ne- mean. Ne- never mind changing that. He's changed his post-match ritual. Normally, he speaks to players and saying the next day. Right. He's just come out and said, "I'm not used to speaking to the players after the game, but I'm going to speak with them." So, in other words, it's time for addressing now. And yeah. Car- Carlo is will be seeing basically who's not good enough, and that that problem position of centre mid is, is a real good starting point for me he'll be speaking in Italian that's what he says isn't he Kirsten in Italian when, when he's angry he speaks in Italian because he can't express himself well enough in English yeah, yeah. let's hope he's laid in something because that second half performance he should have done he should start lashing the teacups like uh, Alex Ferguson shouldn't he hair dries a lot Barry Fry cappuccinos yeah. everywhere cappuccinos everywhere what do we reckon um, in terms of signings then do you reckon he, that'll now force his hand and go right you know what we're going to have to just get this is more urgent than we thought. Or I know he said he was going to wait, wasn't he, until after this game before he's meeting with the board this week before the next week's game. I, th- I think I think the big change is coming in the summer. I don't think anything really. No, do you think we do go all out for Rabiot now and people like that on loan and stuff like that? Yeah. You, you might see you might see a sentiment on loan potentially. I, th- I think it's I think yeah, and I think the way well, if, you have, if we have three loans now, which we have, what would you go for? Sentiment, sentiment. Essentially, a centre forward, I suppose. But centre forward, probably that's that, that's right. And a keeper. That's that's <laughs> down me this, I suppose. Well, Cavalier and Charles have done have done okay, and, and I want them to develop. And, and if you bring in someone now who's, who's maybe experienced, it could 
it could stunt their development and Royce Keane and, and people like that. But I think if we said two, set with centre half and centre mid would be the two. Definitely. To address. I think you've got it's that spine is so important. It's so important. It's changed a lot now though, hasn't it? The January transfer window. You don't tend to get as much business anymore and you don't tend to get big signs made no, in January so much anymore. I agree. Because I think by the way, I think that will change a little bit now with Chelsea. Because Chelsea this will be their summer because they didn't sign anyone in the summer. Yeah. So as we know in the market, you know, it's 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 a progressive thing in the fact that once a few people start signing, people money starts sloshing about, mm. and then there'll be a few more. So I think Chelsea will probably be making a few signings, and that'll in turn start kickstart the market. I think we'll probably see this January being maybe a little bit different, like you said, Peter, some of the previous. I mean, we need to definitely at least get, like you just said, then Mike, at least one centre mid, at least. Don't Chelsea, don't Chelsea want to sign Sigurdsson or something like that? <laughs> and we can charge them loads. Let's do a straight swap for Zuma. Do that, happily do that right now. They're looking at giving him a new contract, aren't they, Chelsea? Kurt Zuma. Are they? Yeah. So that, that will put pay to any kind of move for him, I would have thought. Um, but, you know, it's, it's I just can't see it being a busy window. I'd like to see some players be shipped out. We've said already Chen Tosson will be on his way to Palace, it looks like on loan. Um, well, probably he's a body now, mid. Probably won't do it. If we get cover, he, he may go. He may go on loan, potentially, but he may go. Um, you just need to get players off the books and summer again it's, it's another situation where you, you're trying to deal with that side I mean is Umar Nias' contract that's up in the summer isn't it Kuko Martin he's going down no probably not no and funny enough uh, Henry Onyekuru obviously signed by Monaco in the summer has gone back to Galatasaray on loan has he? he's not even played for Monaco no I'm going to get a look that's been a weird one that, funny funny one isn't it weird, but very weird. That's, that, that, that's transfers for you but you know we, we'll see we'll see where we go in January and see what comes of things but we're going to try and end on a slightly more positive note and, and look ahead to the weekend's game at home to Brighton and Hove Albion they bring in two teams with them of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast as we look ahead to the visit of Brighton and Hove Albion as we just said two sides travelling up from the south coast um, and it's a, it's a Brighton side that are, are quite inconsistent aren't they um, they've turned a little bit of a corner as of late got a, a decent draw at home to Chelsea be born with as well uh, lost at Spurs before then do with Palace lost the home to Sheffield United, so it's, it's a massive, massive mixed bag with with Brighton, isn't it? Uh, they they are a funny side, but they they've got players under under Graham Potter who can who can do a bit of damage, can't they? Yeah, Aaron Moy's been uh, a match winner for them recently. I, I said didn't I? The start of the season, we should have snapped you it love up. Moy, I do. I'm a big you fan. I think he's a really good player. Does he play centre mid? He does. He does. <laughs> well, I'd be very underwhelmed if we signed Aaron Moy in January. Hey, I, I wouldn't. I'd be chuffed. Well, he's on loan, so we can't sign him. Yeah. But I tell you what, I think the, he's a good player. In the I summer, I'd back Huddersfield's hand off. I think he's a great player. He reminds me of Shelby, he does. Not just the way he looks, but the way he plays as well. But, um, he scored a good goal against Bournemouth, didn't he? Good he did. Yeah. First goal of the season. I, I think we're looking at Hamid Rodriguez ahead of Aaron Moy. I think. Uh, but, but, but I know what you're saying. I think he's a neat and tidy player. I think. All, for me, all you have to show the players there in terms of motivation is a obviously deplorable performance against Liverpool, but also just to show how we were complete unless he robbed in the in, yeah. the, in the reverse fixture. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what more motivation do you need that the referee's given a pen there against Michael Keane, which was obviously the epitome of our season at the time. So, you know, they they gave they gave Spurs a good game. I know Spurs have been up and down recently with Mourinho, but they gave Spurs a good game away from home. Their away record hasn't been the best. 
but they, you know, Spurs just nicked it two one. But um, there's got to be a reaction. There's got to be a reaction now after after going out so poorly in the cup, and we've got a run now of you know dare I say it inverted comma that winnable games, haven't we? Um, but you know we've just got to hope yeah. that it doesn't. I remember, I remember saying that at the start of the season. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Dangerous. I know. But I think we've just got to go out there and really just you know we've got we've got a week's rest now, so the players should be able to get more energy back in the legs. It's by no means an excuse. I just said to you off mic then, didn't I say, look, do you think our intensity that Carlo was referring to there dropped because a lot of those players have played a lot of games in a short space of time, whereas Liverpool have pretty much have brought a whole new fresh set of legs in? I mean, it's not an excuse by any means. We should still be winning, but it may explain why our intensity was so poor second half. I, well, if there was a drop after about 70 minutes, maybe, but I think to come out after 45, 50 minutes, then for me, no. Yeah, yeah no, no, fair. But I just think, you know, we have got another week. I think this is the longest time he's going to have for the players now. It's his first full week. Yeah, well. it's the first time he's. Yeah, exactly. The longest time he's going to have to sit down with him and work on some things because, you know, first things first, dropping tickets and for a start, as you just said. But um, no, I just think um, we've just got to go go there. We're at home. We've got, we've got to hope that we, you know the crowd will be will be full house again, no doubt. Get behind the team and just for me, if we, I think if we get an early goal in any of these games, I think we'll go on to win. Three or four nil in some of these games if we can, uh, but it's the key is that first goal, isn't it? It's well, the first goal. All, all our focus now is on the league, isn't it? You know that's all we've got left. We're in a position where we could quite easily push the, the top six or seven. We could quite easily get Europa League if we if we put a run wins together. Um, you know we we need to make sure that that Goodison Park be, becomes what it used to be, and that, that that's a fortress. And sides have got to not want to come to Goodison Park and play football, whether it be Brighton, whether it be Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. We've got to believe that we can beat teams. Correct. I think, yeah. I think when, when again Big Doug came in, I think the crowd had a bit of belief again. Yeah. Didn't they? And I think the way that we played now in that derby game, I wouldn't be surprised if. if there was a bit of apprehension at Goodison Park from Brighton. Well, it, was back to, it was back to almost latter silver days, wasn't it, yesterday? Do you know what I mean? Uh, and you just said then, Pete, before, arguably we played better, weirdly, in the game that we lost in the league against Liverpool, you know, against their full-strand side. We actually looked like more of a threat in that game. And probably, you know, weirdly could have got a draw in that well, game. We were all sat watching that second half and not one of us for a minute had any sense of excitement or belief that we were going to get back in the game. Yeah. Which no, is terrible. No. Yeah. yeah, especially in the cup game and especially in the derby. But I just think... You know, going. The, I think the team at the minute, the confidence is so fragile that it is just like, like I said, if it comes down, if we get a goal, I can see that you know almost the weight lifted off the shoulders, the crowd getting behind the team, and then you go on to probably win the game a lot more comfortably. I think the longer it stays nil nil against someone like a Brighton, they're obviously going to come and make you know make make themselves hard to beat. The more tight it's going to get again, isn't it? And the more the fans are going to be on edge, like you just said there, they're going to be you know. Um, Fragile again in terms of their support. So I t- we've just got to go. If we if we win this game, I can see us going on a run, like I said, because we have got winnable games. We've got Moises Moises uh, West Ham coming up as well, haven't we? Not mm-hmm. When's that like? After that, the next game after that. I want to run through the fixtures in a second, uh, but before I do that, well, we're five points off sixth position. Yeah. Which is nothing, is it? No. It's absolutely nothing. You know, we're only, we're only six um, six points away from fifth, which is Man United. And they're not in any, any great shape at all. No, they're very up and down. It's, United. it's, it's down. massively up for grabs. And, and if we're going to take anything positive from, from what's been a, a real disappointing season, I know Pete said last week, I just want Europa League. But for me, you've got to be a spy to get in those European places. Who knows what can happen when you get there? It sacks players. You've got Ancelotti, who's going to be the manager. You know, people will want to come and play for the club if you're if you, they're on that European uh, on the European window and people can see them play. You know, on that kind of that kind of level. Well, Wolves have for shown for me. Wolves have shown this season, albeit they started the league slowly. Wolves have shown this season that even with a small squad, you can <laughs> do well in your own. I was just about to completely contradict you and say, yeah, but they've got a decent squad. They've got a small squad. They've got a small squad, haven't they? They haven't got a squad like Arsenal and Chelsea both got to the final of the Europa League where they were replacing, you know, one player with Pedro. They've got a lot of depth though. Yeah, 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 but they've got at least two players. Nowhere near like the Arsenal, Arsenal, and Chelsea. Who got that far. Maybe not in terms I mean. of quality, but I mean. like Mike was saying before, they're a, they're a team that have 
had that system now for three or four seasons under, under Nuno. Everybody knows it, so the players are almost interchangeable. You can get people that can come in off the bench or come in, you know, off, off the squad that haven't been in the matchday squad and do a really good yeah, job. No, Jimenez has played pretty much every game, every game, pretty much, cup and league. The only game he's ironically dropped was the Liverpool game. But they've managed him well. He's not been playing 90 minutes. He has been. He's been playing nearly, honestly, he's been playing nearly every game. It's nuts. Hey, I, I can feel the Google um, coming up. You can Google it. But <laughs> honestly, he's been playing. Same with Traore. He's played. Adama Traore has been, obviously, you know, one of their best players this season. He's been linked with Real Madrid recently. You know, he, he's also played pretty much 90 minutes in most games. So doesn't, think, uh, doesn't do weights, though, he said. Doesn't do weights. Literally, no. he's one of those people. I still look at the weights. Steroids. <laughs> You better put a a disclaimer in there, please. Before we start, edit that out there. Yeah, let her one week steroids. I know. You can get a name for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But no, if you you look at our, if you look at our next next five fixtures, because on the twenty third of Feb we got Arsenal away. We've got obviously Brighton Saturday. David Moses West Ham the following Saturday. That's away though, isn't it? Away, away at the uh, the soulless Olympic Stadium. Um, then the following Tuesday, Newcastle at home, before we travel to the, the Snake Boys, Watford, on the 1st of Feb, and then back at home against Crystal Palace. See, Watford's a weird one, because they've really hit a purple patch under, under the new manager recently, haven't they? Nigel um, Pearce. Nigel Pearce, and he's Matt a fu- funny man. Mm. But, um, but, no, but they have, haven't they? They've really had some great results, haven't they? You know what I mean? And they've, they've, you can tell the beliefs back in the squad. Um, they thought You would have said, wouldn't you, two or three weeks ago, they were down. And they've had one of the best um, number of points over Christmas. So, you know, let's hope by the time we come to play them in early February that it's, uh, you know, they've had a couple of bad results because I wouldn't want to play them now. I think they're, t- they're a team that are playing with loads of confidence at the minute. Uh, and also they're a physical side as well. They're a big, they're a big side and he's got them, got them playing like, you know, like they're capable of. But certainly you've got to think, you've got to think we'll have too much for someone like Brighton at home. West Ham away, we were, that was one of our best performances away in last a long season, time last yeah, season, yeah. wasn't it? We yeah. absolutely destroyed them last season. Obviously, Gomez absolutely ran the show, both at home to West Ham this season as well, by the way, and away in away at their place last year. So I think we'll miss him. Um, but we should again have enough to go there, albeit obviously they had a good result again. But Bournemouth, if they played, Moyes couldn't have timed that game any better, could he? Mm. You know, playing a really weak Bournemouth team at the minute. Mm. You've lost, like I said, something like eight out of the last ten or something like that. Um, so that was a perfect home game for him. So they are winnable games, aren't they? They are winnable games. And Ancelotti will be looking at that going now. If we can win a few of these, get on a bit of a run. Because after this stretchy game, we've then got four or five games where we're playing, you know, your cities and things like that again, aren't you? So, um, well, it goes to 23rd of Feb, Arsenal, then United, then Chelsea, then Liverpool. So, you, you know, you've, you've, yeah. that, that's, that's four games on the spin. Which is just that's what it's been incredible. like this season, isn't it? It's been in blocks, isn't it? We've yeah. got blocks of sort of winnable games and blocks of games where you wouldn't think we'd get much. Yeah. Then blocks the same again. But I think look at the Christmas period there. How many how many points would you have said we would have come out with? You know, we were all saying that we could be in a relegation fight here. We've actually ironically did better against those sides, haven't we? Yeah, I mean it all, it all went hand in hand obviously with, with Big Dunn coming in and, yeah, and raising raising the, the energy and, and obviously making sure that the fans get got back on board and, and the players were playing through and so on. But it's a. This is a time where we can really now look on, look forward, and and try and cement ourselves in that that top, you know, six, seven, or eight. Because it can, it can be done. It can be done before we then hit those 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 better sides. But again, as we've shown, who we can give it, who we can give a real gain to and get points off, and that's that's what we need to be looking at. Um, but what are your thoughts on on the outcome? Obviously, Carl's got to got to try and get that the players heads out of the sand. And, and get the mentality spot on. Um, what are your thoughts on the score? Like I said, I think if we can, if we can, you know, assert our authority in the game early doors, try and you know then, unlike today, actually take our chances and get in front. I think we'll win the game comfortably. I think failing that, it will then be, you know, one of those games anyway. It's going to come down to a chance in the second half. But we should have more than enough for them. I think at home, especially. I'm going to say um, I'm going to say 3-0 Optimistic I think we'll have a response I think we need to I think um, yeah I think it could be really difficult for Ancelotti even though it's really early days if we don't get a response I think if it's a game we don't win or we don't play well in I think we win 2-0 I, th- I think we'll win I think it will start a little bit sort of 
slow and lethargic though I think um, they're going to come to shut up shop aren't they they're going to play yeah. they're going to play the, the way Burnley played for me they probably got a little bit more quality I think in the likes of Aaron Moy um, he was the other one they've got up front that's quite decent is it Mopai is it Mopai yeah, 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 he, he, he's quite sharp yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've, they've got a few few half decent players there who can cause a few problems but I think we'll win 2-1 um, and I think it's really important as I say all, all eggs and what they're in one basket for the second season on the run you know we're in January no cups to look forward to um, so we, we need to put in a good show and, and there's a real chance of Europe and we love nothing more than a good old European tour do we and it can work wonders for that side and, and getting in a, a you know a real level of play um, I think we'll genuinely see the effects of Ancelotti uh, well it's an obvious thing to say but I think it's, we'll definitely see the effects after he's now put you know put a stamp on his, to that team over the, over the next two windows won't it do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he knows, like we said before, he's not a stupid guy. The guy's, you know, he's quietly authoritative, isn't he? He knows his football, and he'll be looking at that going, like I said before, and he'll be straight away making notes against people saying, there's no way you're staying. There's no way you're staying. He'll be that ruthless as well. Yeah. And I just think, you know, you'll look at the Everton side that line up in August, and I think we'll see a completely different different team I think completely different to bar about four or five players and we'll see a completely different team when you've got this level of manager who's managed at the top and won everything there is to win you've got nowhere to hide as a player he won't suffer fools gladly he won't he won't allow people to, to hide in, in the in the shadows almost and not take responsibility if you don't you'll be gone so you'll see as you said Lee come August that, that start 11 is going to look very very different for me yeah, he's worked with enough top quality players to know that obviously whether someone's good enough or not but it's also we can't finish this poll without actually mentioning as well also the, the talks about uh, USM um, obviously Uzmanov that's been coming out his article you know you shared it Mike in the first <laughs> times didn't you yeah yeah it is uh, it's all interview that you had recently it's always with us it's very, very much been tongue in cheek but there's always been a belief I know from us we, we've always said that once we secure the planning permission which is going to be around April time um Everton have said they will then announce how it's going to be financed and we always said it will then appear from the, the shadows uh, at least your husband off with his like Kaiser Sosa yeah he'll be there he'll be he'll be coming down on his yacht down the Mersey and he'll be, he'll be docking and he'll be putting that first stage in the ground but I think Moretti's all around everyone yeah I think it's, it's, the, it's the worst kept secret in football that he is going to come on board in some capacity at Everton. Whether that's like he said in the interview, he just basically sponsors, sponsors the ground, if you like, in USM, Bramley Moor or... Well, it's USM Finch Farm. You go you go to the game, there's Brandon's everywhere. Megaphone's there. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, make no mistake, I think that's that's coming. Um, and but this, was, this is a 10-year project. People, people sitting down going, I've had a load of mates going, how the hell have you got Ancelotti? Almost like a jealousy, and you know, you've United fans, how the hell have you got Ancelotti? And it's obvious, isn't it? You know, he's rumours of had meetings with Usmanov. Was it over in Monaco on his yacht or something like that? You know what I mean? So he's obviously flown him in and just kind of like said, "Look, this is the score. This is where we want to be in the next five years, ten years, and this this is the club we want to become." Well, he, he broke with the so. deal. Apparently, they had a meeting in London, and and Usmanov was the one who, who held the meeting with Ancelotti to basically talk through his, his contract with Everton. Yeah, so. He's, he's, he's involved um, and that's what's caused Carlo to turn his head and have a look at it isn't of course it, it is and almost like a bit what PSG have done isn't it mm. but not quite on that sort of you know open level of yeah. finances and that isn't it yeah. but it, it was obviously it was a big thing this, this week it came out and you know we'll see how that develops as, as we get closer and closer to to, to Bramley Moore planning permission being which I'm we're making assumptions but it should be granted Everton have done what, everything that they can to ensure that it will you know it's been a long process but that's something to, to hopefully look forward to but we want to finish on Lee, Lee mentioned about uh, to us off here about the, the fantasy league and, uh, you're doing really well Mike where are you mate I don't know I, I don't know um, I don't think my phone goes that far down I think, I think my, screen, my screen stops um, poor that but, uh, shocking I know top of the table so far with, with 1,271 points is, uh, is Baines on toast Jonathan Hudson uh, he's only, he's well, only played Johnny last yeah well done well done 14 points clear of, what uh, do they get if they win uh, pass on the back from us isn't it <laughs> now there was a Everton shares of the truth on an unholy Saints podcast mug 
So that's this is signed ever since you buy, isn't it? Yeah, we signed. yeah, we we'll we'll definitely definitely Five sign eight. it. We'll definitely <laughs> sign it. Um and then say fourteen points clear of a proper knockout, Jimmy Garung who's, who's in second place. So it's it's quite tight, quite tight at the top. He's just trying to find himself, he's scrolling it. Hey, I'm on the first page. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what position? Fifty seven. Well, that's not bad, mate. How how big's your page? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say nothing. No, but obviously it's good a good bit of banter. We'll try and give a bit more shout outs to that. We will um, as 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 the season as draws. The comes up, yeah, yeah, draws to a close and it gets a bit tighter, we'll we'll give you updates on that. Um but Unfortunately, disappointing at Anfield. We we look forward now to to the Brighton game and, and hopefully we can have a, a decent second half of the season and grab a European place. We'll be back next week without me. Thank God. Thank God, lot of you say. Um, Lee's at week only. Just going skiing for for. He's going to chill fatter for five nights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going for five or six days, but I'll be watching the game next week, wherever I am. Um, but yeah, we will have, uh, I think you're going to get a, get a guest on next week, aren't you? Yeah, we have someone to replace you, and if you're any good, you can have the job permanently, to be honest. Sign up on a boss, yeah, well, why, why not? Definitely, we'll do, we'll do an uh, Instagram loan deal and see how see how things go. So next week, we'll be we'll be looking back at the, the Brighton game, and we're going to be looking ahead to, to visiting our old friend, David Moyes down at West Ham the following weekend, so we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.